You're listening to Frontline by Design, where conversations bring intention to the way that work gets done. I'm your host, Lauren Doan. I'm joined by Anna Christina Arnold. Anna Christina is a certified professional ergonomist with over 30 years of teaching, consulting, and research experience in the field of ergonomics. She has served in her current position as senior lecturer in the Department of Biomedical Physiology and Kinesiology at Simon Fraser University in Burnaby, British Columbia for over 15 years. In this role, she acts as the chair of the Occupational Ergonomics Certificate Program, teaching and mentoring future ergonomists. Anna Christina's ergonomic consultative projects span a variety of industries, including manufacturing, healthcare, forestry, transportation, telecommunications, office environments, and construction. She has also conducted numerous ergonomics research projects for government, industry, and academia with focuses on topics including musculoskeletal injuries in the workplace, physical access, and information needs of persons with disabilities in transportation systems, and applying ergonomics to the design process. This week, we discuss injuries related to the physical office environment, as well as a myth-busting discussion about work postures. Do you see a lot of injuries related to the physical environment? So things like lighting, noise temperature control, you know, do you see a lot of that commonly? Well, I think with these, you know, the physical environment, we know it has an impact, um, but it's, it's really harder to have a cause and effect relationship with, you know, the lighting versus, you know, versus an awkward posture in the wrist, for example. But, you know, if you think about it, if the lighting is poor and you're not able to see your screen very well, you're going to be leaning further forward right? Or if it's overlit, you're going to get glare on your screen, which is a much more common problem. Um, If you have direct glare coming in, if you have an irritating noise, uh, you may hold yourself in a different posture to, you know, turn your back to the noise. Or uh, we do know, and I'm sure we will talk a little bit about psychosocial issues in the workplace as well, But certainly noise and temperature have a big impact on how people are feeling in the workplace. And we know that the way that people feel in the workplace definitely impacts. But we see, you know, lighting, um, noise also affecting um, eye fatigue, um, which, uh, which quite often is a result of lactic acid building up in the eye muscles, as opposed to any kind of damage to the eyes, which is often a misunderstanding. Um, but just getting a bit of movement in your eye muscles, looking at different focal lengths can really um, help to reduce that fatigue. This uh, discussion really segues nicely into where I want to go with this conversation, which is to talk about some of the myths, that some, some more longstanding than others, that exist sort of in this realm. The first myth, a very common myth, is that there's always been talk about this perfect posture. To eliminate pain and discomfort. So a lot of literature has suggested over time that when a worker is sitting at a desk, it's most ideal for that worker to be sitting at that 90, 90, 90 position. So by that, I mean, 
you know, elbow joints perfectly positioned at a 90 degree angle. Hips and knees should be bent accordingly at a 90 degree angle. Feet flat on the ground underneath the chair. How do you feel about this perfect posture? I think um, that sort of the 90-90-90 just was a really nice, easy way to kind of demonstrate a neutral sitting posture, but isn't a prescription. Um, in fact, there's a number of, of issues with it. First off, uh, even if you did sit in a 90-90-90 posture, uh, if you are sitting in that posture for anything more than an hour, you're building up static contraction and lactic acid, and that in itself is a problem. So we're built to move. Uh, being static is not good. So there isn't one good posture. So I think that's the first thing that needs to be said. Um, the other is if you, uh, you know, if you just put yourself as, as I'm speaking here into a 90-90 posture, well, the guidelines are actually plus or minus 90 degrees by about 20 degrees, plus or minus 20 degrees around the um, elbow. Same thing for the knee, okay? But when we talk about the hip, in fact, you never want to have an angle less than 90 degrees in your hips. In fact, it's much easier on your back and anatomically correct to have up to about 130 degrees, so an open angle in your hips. So you want to have your knees lower than your hips. And the reason for that is anatomical. So when you are bringing your knees up towards your hips, your pelvis engages at about 120 degrees. So you can't bring your knees up any higher uh, without actually losing the lumbar curve in your spine. So you need to keep your knees lower to help support that lumbar curve. So if you think about when you sat at the uh, dinner table as a kid and you uh, were on a four-legged chair and you sort of leaned on the front legs of the chair and your parents told you off, that actually is a really, um, a really good seated position. Um, that is an ideal position to be in because naturally it brings you closer to your work and it also allows your body, to, your spine to line up. So, so 90-90-90, it's a guideline. It's a fun way to remember, you know, what we're talking about, but there are a lot of issues with it for sure that frequency of changing your position. I think you said we're born to move. That movement throughout the day is key. And actually when I sit in my chair right now and I open my hip angle, it's much more comfortable anyways. When I think about movement, from your expertise, what could, what do we know about movement breaks and how should we implement those in our work day? I think that having a really prescriptive um, schedule isn't going to be very helpful for people. I think we have a built-in mechanism, probably that we've lost touch with, but that we need to get back in touch with. And um, that really is our body saying, oh, you know, I'm a little uncomfortable here, or, you know, that that is kind of digging into me, or I feel like I need to stretch a little bit. And really listening to that and and not being afraid to get up and move for a little bit. So I think that's the first thing is we need to be more in touch with our bodies, recognizing that we're not supposed to be static, sedentary for very long. The other, of course, is we do have prescri prescriptive 
um, guidelines that sort of come out of the literature, you know, taking what we call mini breaks um, on a regular basis, sort of every half an hour or so. So whether that's, you know, a one minute break to move your eyes around a little bit or a five minute break to go to the water cooler. One of the challenges is that we've built this, these workstations that allow us to do everything in a seated position. And the classic is, you know, having your printer uh, right beside you. And in fact, what I usually recommend for people is take the printer and put it, you know, 100 feet away. So, or whatever, you know, somewhere where you actually have to get up out of your chair and move and go and get your, your printing. So really think about things that you can um, change in your workstation where it's going to force you to get up and move. Now, certainly, you know, move on a regular basis at least every half an hour. It does not have to be, you know, exercise. It can just be a change of position, a little stretch. It can be, as I said, the eye stretches. Um, and also it could be just thinking about how you're breathing. Often we hold our breath when we're in stress and, uh, you know, we're working hard. It's really just... Uh, Stand up, close your eyes, think about think about breathing for a little bit. Those are great suggestions. And I know when I've spoken to employees, often when we talk about breaks, I find that the discussion goes right to, well, what kinds of stretches can I do? And so I love what I'm hearing about make this just part of your day. You know, I think we've I think we've taken this the literature that talks about our functional reaching space from a seated position and we've gone to the extreme with having our printer and absolutely everything that we need in our day within a comfortable reaching distance. Whereas I'm hearing you say, stop doing that and get up from your seat and just make that break, you know, part of a functional aspect of your day, like getting up and walking. Another innovative is, uh, you know, walking meetings that we're sitting in front of Zoom so much these days with our virtual work. Um, but if you are, are in a situation where there are colleagues around you and you need to meet, well, maybe you don't need to do it over email. Let's get up and go and have a, you know, have a chat while we're walking anywhere, whether it's inside or out, if you've got some green space around as well. So, you know, think about opportunities like that. That's a great idea. This makes me curious about software that I know has been in existence for quite some time. Um, I've never actually had it myself, but I've read about it and it's almost like a, a stretch or a break reminder uh, to remind you to stop and take breaks. And from what I've been reading, this has just been an utter failure, that this just doesn't work. And I'm wondering if this goes back to exactly what you're saying is that we just need to be it's so easy to turn off an alarm and just keep working. Whereas it's better to be more in touch with what our body's feeling and take those breaks. Totally agree. Nicely said. Absolutely. I'd only add too that, you know, that you have to have that intrinsic design of your tasks and your work that allow you to do that, you know, beyond just the workstation and, and putting the onus on individuals to say, you know, listen to your body and get up and move. We also need to, as uh, you know, managers and, and um, people who design work, really thinking about how we're designing work. You know, how how we create work that is sedentary. Are there opportunities to create more movement in the kinds of tasks that we give people? Absolutely. Building on some of the 
information you've provided previously about vision. Do you have any tips for employees on taking visual breaks? Because I really think that it's the last thing that a lot of people think about their eyes and their vision. I think, you know, we're, we are getting better about literally getting out of our chairs and moving. There, there is a lot of research around eye fatigue. The idea with vision is very much like any other muscle in your body. You're, you're seeing because the muscles in your eyes, whether it's the iris muscle or whether it's your oculomotor muscle that moves your eyeballs around in your eyes, they're all made up of the same thing that your back is made up of. And so they build up lactic acid and get sore, as I said before. So when I'm teaching this to my students, one of the things that I teach is uh, acupressure. So literally going around the occipital bone, so that hard part around your eyeball, your eye socket, and just putting pressure every you know centimeter or so and holding it for about 10-15 seconds and that actually is a little bit of acupressure that then releases the stress and these students say well we used to do that in elementary school and I was really surprised by that so I think you know we can't neglect the vision um, and that we when we're taking breaks we always want to make sure that we're doing those sort of acupressure um, exercises you know palming is another one where you can just basically close your eyes and and uh, give your eyes a break, uh, looking at various distances, um, also being really careful about how much you have on your screen. Um, we know that red and blue beside each other, your eyes focus at different focal distances. So um, it'll look blurry, it may look blurry to you, but that's because your eyes are constantly trying to figure out what focal distance to look at. So really colorful screens are problematic. Um, and so, yeah, it's a consideration of the software as well as the lighting and the tasks that people are doing. That is fabulous feedback. And I'm actually doing that acupressure right now. There you go. <laughs> it's, in, it's incredibly soothing. I love that your students were already doing that. Makes me realize we have so much, we have so much to learn.